Welcome to the podcast. Man, what a great weekend we had here at Crossroads Baptist Church in Beggs. We were honored to have special guests on campus. We were thrilled to see previous pastor, previous youth minister, and previous worship leader, um, and our director of missions come and share a few words about their experiences and some of their advice, some some good things, moments of laughter, moments of of celebration. We were excited to have them on campus. I hope you'll enjoy this edition of Crossroads. I know it's a little bit unconventional. It's not the sermon that maybe you were looking for, but you'll hear some insight for some from some great men of ministry that have served here and have moved on or are still serving in the general area. I mean, we're excited to share this podcast with you. Today's a special day at Crossroads as we're celebrating 20 years. That's two decades. That's a phenomenal legacy. In the life of, of a church, these benchmarks help us to look back and to remember all that has been done, but also to look forward about what God will have us do and be a part of. And I'm going to welcome to the stage a number of guests that we have with us today, some that, that you have, know and love, and I'm excited about inviting them. So I'm going to invite Brother Travis to come. I'm going to invite Brother Gary to come. I'm going to invite Justin to come. And, and Brother Bill has is, is volunteered that he'll come and sit on our panel today. Um, unfortunately, um, the tragedy with the bus family, I, I won't speak to that other than to say that our hearts are broken. So we're, we're sad that he's not with us this morning, but we understand completely. So if you guys will come, there's microphones there. Make sure those are turned on. Um, I'm going to just cycle through a series of questions with them. And you guys know these, these men. And these, these have been a great part of what Crossroads is. And they're part of our legacy and our DNA, and we're excited to be able to have them on stage. And we're just going to ask them some questions today and let them talk. And we're going to hear from them today. So as they all get comfortable, all right. If you're going to sit down, I'm going to sit down. Well, the first question, and you'll see it, I mean, you guys can see it as well, but I'm going to read it aloud for everybody. The Bible is the most important book for each of us. That being said, what is one book other than the Bible that has most influenced your life and or your ministry. Just whatever you guys think, yeah. For me, I'll say it so they don't say it first. Uh, mine was uh, Purpose Driven Life okay. uh, and Purpose Driven Ministry. Those combined together uh, to just kind of make sure everything that you're doing is all under one umbrella. And that way you don't just keep the plate spinning, if you will. Uh, you, you concentrate more like that. So it's helped me a lot in ministry. Uh, mine is... Most recent ones, our worship team uh, a couple years ago went through this together. It's called Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. And, um, he says, a faithful worship leader magnifies the greatness of God. And it's easy to, when you're up here on the stage, uh, on the platform, um, to think more highly of yourself than you ought. And as the Bible tells us, we should not do that. Uh, but to be, be humble and um, my main job as a worship leader, as a pastor, is to just magnify the greatness of God. And that is, that is the, the main thing that we need to focus on. I guess we're going in order. So. Um, he sent these questions to us Thursday, so I actually had to read a book since then, all right? Uh, <laughs> not really. I read. Um, so it's one that's just recent. Uh, it was written back in 2020 during COVID, uh, but it's entitled uh, Shepherding Like Jesus. It's written by Andrew Ebert. And uh, he takes the Beatitudes, and, and the subtitle of the book is Returning to This Wild Idea That Character Matters in Ministry. And uh, just uh, kind of refocusing you as a pastor uh, to, to want to shepherd like Christ, um, the humility of Christ. And so it has really, uh, in, the last, uh, in the last few years, has really uh, helped me, shaped me uh, to remind myself of what my calling is. And that character truly does matter. So. 
at least you guys got to see the questions. Uh, I know I'm a, a, a substitute for Braden, but I do have some things I think are important that uh, memories of Crossroads in the short time I've been here. been here a little over three and a half years. Probably the, the greatest book, it's other than the Bible, is, is one that was written by Avery Willis, and it's called Master Life. It's, a, it's really more of a study program, but that shaped my life in ways that uh, a lot of people today think, well, what, what, what's so big about a, a Bible study program? It, it opened my eyes to the truths that the Bible teach that are all around us. And, and so with that said, uh, open your eyes. God is speaking to you in a lot of ways, and it will line up with the Bible. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not from him. Well said. Um, you know, I appreciate it. In this next question, I'll open up to not just ministry but to missions. I know Brother Bill has a great mission experience. So the second question is, what has been your biggest joy in ministry or missions? You could cycle the question on the slides if you'd like so they can see it. I read the questions on the way to, uh, from McAllister this morning. Amen. Uh, I talked to Braden and I said, I hope I don't mess up on the questions. And he says, how can you? I said, I don't know what they are. So now I don't know what the answers are. So there that is. No, uh, let's see. What has been your biggest joy in ministry? I think just uh, investing in people's lives and seeing them, uh, seeing them come to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, you know, I've, I was always pretty bold with sharing my faith. Still am. Uh, but, uh, but basically uh, trying, to, uh, trying to get them to a point to come to the end of themselves and uh, see that joy in the, in the families as they grow in Christ. My biggest joy uh, was being able to baptize both of my boys right, right back up here in this baptistry. That was my biggest. But I also wanted to mention another one, uh, being here for 14 years, working in the, the kids' ministry, youth ministry, and adult ministry, getting to see kids be kids, grow up to be youth, go to college, get married, and have kids. That, that's a, a cool thing to see, uh, being here um, that long, to see them grow, to see them um, get saved, get baptized, and, and be discipled, and then go disciple other people. So that, that's been a, another big joy of mine. I'm going to uh, piggyback off of Gary. Um, for me, it's always seeing people come to know Christ, um, seeing redemption take place in the life of that individual. Um, but not just that, um, also seeing them get it. Um, once, they, once they come to know Christ and, and Christ has gloriously saved them, uh, just to see that transformation that begins to take place. Um, to me, that's a joy. Uh, the other joy I have is, is and I love, the, I love when the Lord does this, is when God takes a marriage that is struggling and he uh, heals it. And he, he brings um, uh, life uh, back into that marriage. And uh, that's one of the things that, that always brings me joy in ministry is just seeing marriages healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll just say for the 14 years that is here, um, and, and I probably didn't say this enough to these two guys, but uh, when you're together, as long as we were, you grow to love each other and, and you love hanging out with each other. And so some of my greatest joys in ministry was, was working alongside these two. I don't know if they would say the same for me, but um, it, it is working alongside those two. Um, and it, never a dull moment. I'll just say that. Never a dull moment with Gary around. Justin just shook his head and, and smiled. But, but, but Gary, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, but, but it was always a joy uh, to be able to serve alongside these two. Well, you know, Travis, joy comes from inside, not what's surrounding you. So uh, you, you could have that joy I appreciate <laughs> with them. 
Yeah, uh, that's a that's a tough question because there's so much that brings joy. When you know Jesus, you're walking in joy. But uh, like Justin, baptizing my kids, getting to baptize my uh, my grandkids, got one more still to go there. Um, those are great joys. I've had the privilege of serving God in a lot of different settings, a lot of different places. We, we I pastored churches. I was an IMB missionary. Uh, I was a NAM church planner. Um, and the nice thing about all of that is that you get to see God at work irregardless of culture, irregardless of language, irregardless of the life situations that people are in. He's the same God that will change their hearts, and, and how can that not bring joy? So that, that seeing how God is faithful is what brings joy to my life. All right. Next question. What is something God did in your time, and I'll say here at Crossroads or just in your time in ministry? Well, uh, 15 years ago, or 16 now, since I did get to retire, uh, but it's one of those where... Uh, uh, whenever the committee was uh, was talking to me about coming here, uh, I was I wanted to be a youth and children's minister both, so the children would come up through the youth ministry to, before they continued on out. And so the uh, committee says, "Well, I want you to know that it's not uh, it's not just going to be a, a youth ministry job." And I thought, "Oh, they're going to want me to sing," and then, <laughs> which brings me no. Uh, and so I thought, "That's not for me." And then they said, "We want you to be youth and children," and I said. So I knew right then it was where God was going to place me and stuff. So I did youth and children, and then uh, children's ministry got, kind of got uh, to where it was uh, kind of large like that. So uh, I talked to the church about doing maybe uh, youth and senior adults. Now, that's a trip right there So because they, they were always on time, and they never had to wait on a ride, the senior adults and stuff, you know. Uh, so, But it was, it was one of those type things where uh, God just tried to, spread me out as much as he could this way, and I enjoyed every minute of it. So. One of the most significant things I can think about is uh, God provided um, every situation. Uh, 2009, when I, I got here, we were in the other building, and, and I remember our connect group, we were in the kitchen. We scooted that island out of the way um, and met in the kitchen, and then God provided this building, uh, provided the, the wing to um, provide connect group space and then the parking lot and the barn. It just God provided for this church. Um, and while I was here, God provided for me and my family, and, and you all loved us and, and uh, supported us greatly. So God provided. Um, for me, uh, you got to understand, 34 of my 47 years has been here in Beggs. And so there's a lot of... Um, spiritual highs in those moments. Um, Beggs was the very place that the Lord gloriously saved me. Um, it's where he called me into ministry. But my time here at Crossroads, and I, I'm going to throw out a name, so I don't, I don't mean to embarrass anybody, but, um, but it was one of the greatest moments because for me because it's when the Lord called me into pastor, and it was here at Crossroads. And uh, it was the summer of um, 2006, and I was the interim again during that time, and and uh, the pulpit team, and I don't remember everybody that was on it. Um, there's only one I re remember being on it, and that's because I remember what he said, and that was Les Johnson. Um, but I, they called me in, and I know that the question was asked, would you consider? And, and my statement to the, the pulpit team was, I don't know the first thing about being a pastor. I'm a youth minister. I, I lead worship. That's, that's what I do. I know nothing um, about 
those that don't know me, I cry a lot, all right? So I apologize. I had somebody tell me I better cry today. So there you go, Jeremiah, all right? Um, but I made that statement. And Les, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but in that moment, or if anybody's ever said anything like this to you, but, but in that moment, God used you to speak to me. And, and in that moment, he made a statement to me. And he says, you are our interim um, you've been our interim for a little over a year. The church has been in existence for about three years. So he says, you've, you've been our interim pastor for, for you know, almost half of that. And he says, you do know what you're doing as a pastor. Just continue to do what you've been doing. And I just want you to know at that moment, um, God just made it very clear to me that, uh, that my life was changing and, and my calling. And it's, and I was still called the ministry, but it, the, the, it's what God had called me to, which was to be a pastor. And so, Les, I probably never said it, but, but thank you um, for, for letting God use you as a vessel in that moment in time to speak, speak life into me. Well, my memories of Crossroads are, you know, a little more limited than these guys. I've been here three and a half years and not in Crossroads, but in the association. But one of the things that uh, all of us have faced is a lot of transition. We had COVID. We had uh, all kinds of things. You've had a, a leadership change. Um, you, and yet the faithfulness of this church, that, that's what speaks to me, speaks to my heart, is that in the midst of COVID, you guys didn't lose hope. You kept on. You kept trying to find ways to minister, ways together, uh, to get together, to be together, to be the church. It's not this building and all that God has provided for you here. It's the people. And, and your faithfulness is what really stands out in my mind of my limited knowledge of Crossroads during this time. The next question is, you know, more kind of in the, into the, the difficult things. It says, what keeps you motivated to stay in ministry? Or I would say stay with ministry even when it gets tough. Well, for me, I retired from it. But uh, uh, not only that, but... Uh, but it just so happened I, was, I started uh, shopping around churches, you know, how they do. And for, for 35 years, I didn't have to do that, you know. And so I'd go from one church to another church, and I thought, this isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't it, and stuff like that. But it, but it wasn't so much the, uh, it wasn't so much of that. It was uh, like I'd go to this little bitty church. There's about 30 people there, and they were all related except me and stuff. So I, I plugged in there for a while. Then I started going to one called Life Church. And... Uh, it's a it's a mega church. Don't get me wrong, but it's really good too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but but uh, so just so happened that uh, probably about uh, uh, four months ago, a guy called me from a place called Rock Creek, and that's where uh, uh, I fish a lot, like that, you know. And I've done it for like five years in a row or six, something like that. But if I was there on a Sunday, I would do church for him, like that, you know. He called me up and says, "Hey, I've got to thinking about you. When we're we gonna do church again?" And so it was God's answer to you know, doing that and stuff, you know. So the difficult thing was uh, the core came in. It's core, core land. And they told everyone there you had to move out like that. So uh, the difficult part is there's like five people that live on the whole campsite right now. But four of them come to church with me. And it's a, it's a Sunday evening type thing. Uh, so, but it's, uh, it's still difficult because uh, uh, they don't know Jesus yet. But it's still one of those where they're getting closer and closer and closer like that, you know. So what motivates me to keep doing it is to lead them to Christ. And if, if it will do that, let's go. And the cool thing is I get to take my boat across to go to church, you know. That's a really good thing. 
my motivation was always um, the love for the church, love for the people, um, the relationships, and not only that, but the the church's love for me and support of me and my family. Uh, is great motivation to keep moving forward in, in tough times, and when those tough times came, um, was loved, was encouraged by the people, you all. So that was my motivation. For me, it's just the calling. Um, 27 years ago, the Lord called me into ministry, and um, until he tells me differently, uh, that's what keeps me going, um, but also just the fact of uh, reminding myself uh, who I know I serve. Um, I serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, uh, you know, I, I'm to do everything for his glory, his honor, and, you know, not everybody's going to like everything you do and everything you say, but ultimately, I'm called to, to please the Lord, and, and that's... It's not always easy, and that's tough, as you know, Ben. And it's tough, and it's not always easy, but then I always go back to that calling. And I know what it is that the Lord has called me to, and beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, that's, I, I'm going to remain in it until the Lord says different. Well said. Uh, when I first started off in ministry, they said the calling will keep you. There will be times the only thing that will keep you is your call. There will be times that you want to just run out the door screaming, say, I quit, I've had it, I've done enough. But you're called, and you can't do that. And, and then the, the question comes, called by who? By Jesus. He, he gave his all for, for me. And, and then he called me to live for him. And that just is an overwhelming sense of, of a debt that I can never pay. But it's not a debt of that I have to pay out of obligation. It's a debt of gratitude. Uh, it's a, it, my motivation, I was challenged by Dick Rader at Oklahoma Baptist University many, many years ago. Dick's long, long gone to heaven now. But he, he asked me one time, he said, what's your motive? Why do you do what you do? Why are you here? And he said, if that motive is not love for Jesus, you've got the wrong motive. And, and you stop and think about it. What did Jesus say the greatest commandment was? To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then in 1 John, it says, we love him because he first loved us. That love is what motivates, that, that calling in response to his love. I've done a lot of different things. I thought, well, I'm going to pastor this bivocational church. I'm going to pastor this full-time church. I'm going to go overseas and be a, a, an international missionary. I'm going to come back, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I wound up going and planting a church in Nebraska, and now I'm here. Lots of different jobs, lots of different people, places, and things. One calling, follow Jesus. All right. We, we see the next question on our list. How would you describe the people at Crossroads? Or I describe them, since they're here, I might as well be nice. Uh, no, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're loving, uh, they're, they're uh, giving, uh, they're friendly, and they let you mess up and still love you anyway. That's that's about the best I can say about them. And he messed up a lot. <laughs> and but they still oh, he did. He did. but they still love me too, Travis. Yeah, they did. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, uh, loving, supportive, uh, extremely generous, um, and to echo what Gary said, you, you allowed us to make mistakes and you allowed us to to grow. Um, I was. I was a young guy coming in here. You were young. The Fishers, Fishers young. Gary was young. And his, I won't say. Um, but, yeah, you, 
you allowed us to, to be stretched and make mistakes and to grow, and you showed us grace and, and mercy. So thank you for that. And I'm grateful for that as well. Uh, but I, the, the, there's three words I would use to describe the people of Crossroads. And I don't expect you, those that were here six years ago, um, but last sermon series I preached was through the book of Haggai. And uh, when I finished out, um, I said there's three words that as I look back over the 14 years of Crossroads at that time, the three words I would use to describe Crossroads Baptist Church. And it's the same three words I would use today as I've watched you all go through COVID and even staff changes and, and different things. And those three words are simply this. That as Crossroads Baptist Church, uh, you as people were resilient, you were faithful, and you've been obedient. And uh, you've done that for 20, 20 years. And I believe with all my heart that if you continue to do that for another 20, 30, 40 years, God is going to continue to bless Crossroads uh, no matter who's here. Um, because truth is, it's not about the, the, the people are the ones that are here, staff come and go. Um, and I hope Ben stays here for a long, long time. And, uh, I know he's done a lot of good things just in the short time that he's been here. Um, but I would say this, that whether it's him or somebody else, you as the people is what continues to keep the church moving forward. I know you have a shepherd that leads, but continue to be faithful, continue to be obedient, continue to be resilient and God will bless that. And I believe that with all my heart. Well, I don't have the history that they do, as you all know, but uh, I have seen your faithfulness and your love for Jesus. In all that you've done, it's not just about being together here. It's about being his church, and I see that in, in you. And I would say that, that probably what applied to the, the advice given to me in my very first church, uh, I would say to any, any pastor that comes in here, if you will let them, you, the church, will teach you how to be a pastor. And so as you continue to do that, keep your eyes on Jesus, keep being the church, and you, you'll continue to be a fragrant offering in the, in the nostrils of our Lord.